You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, folks, I am excited about a number of things. The Realms of Jesus Christ class is now available at Bride Ministries. I was talking about it. It's up. It's fully loaded. It's able to be purchased along with our Introduction to Spiritual Warfare class. Folks, Bride Ministries is coming along and guess what? We're going to be recording the next class this month, not too long from now, producing that and that'll be up there soon. And uh, like I said earlier this year, we are on an agenda to really begin filling in our Bride Ministries Institute with classes that will equip you, empower you, and ultimately be the platform for our DID coaching school for training uh, for people around the world in inner healing and deliverance techniques that are proven and work. I am excited because the Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth book continues to sell. If you have friends that need this book, I want to highly encourage you. This is the official Dan Duvall Toolbox. A lot of times people want to get in touch with me. They're like, how should I pray about this, Daniel? What do you recommend I do in this situation? How can I get free of this thing? The book, Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth, is my answer box. It's like, this. it it, it has the answer in there. And there, there's all these prayers and they have names. They have descriptions like how to use the prayer and and these are the same tools I've been using in my private sessions to get people set free from the highest levels of bondage. It's And it's there for you. It's $10. I really highly recommend getting that book if you're looking for tools or wondering, how would Dan Duvall help me in this situation? Like, well, there you have it. I am really asking for some help for those of you that, you know, would prefer to buy the book on Amazon. We need reviews. Please, if you listen to this, you buy your book on Amazon, leave a review because that is going to help others find this set of tools that will be the breakthrough they need in their lives. And I uh, wanted to also say I'm going to be at another conference in early June, June 14th through the 17th, and it's going to be in Ontario, Canada. So all of my Canadian friends... I hope to meet you in Ontario, June 14th through the 17th. It's still April, so there's some time. I will be releasing a banner and some other stuff. We're still working out a few details, but as soon as everything's settled as far as the location and uh, the venue and everything else, you know, we'll have all that information. I'll put it out on the podcast and hopefully... We'll be able to see you there, but for those of you that are in Ontario or not too far away, I want to you know invite you to think about, hey, why don't you come out and hang out? It'll be me and Timothy Benz, uh, amazing man of God, who has been featured on this podcast a number of times. With that said, I, I have an awesome program for you guys today. I want to thank you, those of you that continue to support us financially. Uh, we, we just so appreciate you and I want to continue to encourage those of you that listen to this podcast. Like there is a growing community around Bride Ministries, a a, a growing community of people that are uh, connecting, touching, linking arms, and and much of it is happening through the Fireplace Church. And we meet live every Sunday evening at seven p.m. Central Standard Time. We have our uh, web conferencing platform, and it's 
easy to join. You simply go to bridemovement.com, you go to the Fireplace Church, and you click join at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and you'll be in. If you're doing it from an iPhone or something, you may have to download the app, but other than that, it's fairly clean. Most people don't have too many issues with it. Of course, there's always technical issues for some folks, but uh, for the most part, it's it, it's clean and easy and uh, we've just been having a great time we're now in a series on trees <laughs> you, you would be incredibly amazed at how much the bible has to say about trees and i'm not here to preach about it i'm here to tell you we're having a lot of fun at the fireplace church with that said we're going to get to the program don't go anywhere you're listening to discovering the truth with dan duvall <laughs> Folks, I'm sitting here today with my friend, Daryl Crawford Marshall, and he has been on the podcast twice in the past, but, well, not for the past several months. You know, I'll tell you, Daryl has been through quite a few really amazing life-changing events, and I'm going to let you let him tell you about it, but man, have I been trying to get a hold of him for a few months. Now, Daryl is the associate pastor of Field of Dreams in Adelaide, and he is also uh, the leader of Unveiled Kingdom International Ministries. And he is a profound seer and prophet, and man, is he just full of wisdom and really cool stories. Daryl, welcome back to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Thanks for having me. It's really good to be back on. Now, folks, I'm going to just be blunt. Uh, don't email Daryl. He's busy. <laughs> I know that you guys love to email my guests and um, ask for help and do these kinds of things. Daryl is not here for that. Uh, but, you know, Daryl, with that said, man, have you been in a season of transition? Mm. As a matter mm -hmm. of fact, you've been relocating to a high place. C can we open up and just talk a little bit about what God's been doing in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, I think it's actually uh, quite poignant to talk about it because I really feel like there are a number of people um, just around the world that are probably going through similar things at the moment. Um, uh, it, it all started, actually. We were Myself and my wife were very happy um, doing what we were doing before uh, any kind of relocation a geographic relocation process and also lended it was it lent itself to ministry opening up too but we were in a position where my wife was nine eight months pregnant and we had a beautiful home Dan, you've been to our house yes. in south australia in adelaide and we would we were so happy daniel we were just chilling you know you know how you just and we're just about <laughs> to have a baby we just got the baby room ready we're ready for action and um I had an experience where an angel, I was, okay, so let me start like this. I, I spend a lot of time in, uh, I have an office space, or I had an office space in my old house, where I would sit at this beautiful uh, glass desk, and I would sit up at the glass desk, and I would have my Bible out, and I would read, and God would speak to me in that place. Everybody, uh, many of your listeners probably have a, sim a similar place where they go and sit, or a walk that they go on, you know, try a trysting place, a place where, where God meets with them. And, you know, and I was just sitting and I hadn't had, now I'd had, over the years I'd had a number of um, 
angelic encounters i'd really interacted with angels in fact i talked on the interaction with angels a lot even on your show i i think in the first um time that i was on your show i talked about the interaction with angels and got a lot of feedback about that as well from a lot of your listeners but the uh, but what was interesting is there have been a number of months i hadn't had any any straight interaction with angelic hosts um that there hadn't been not that they were not there but i just hadn't been it hadn't been interacting um, in that way uh, in the, a particular season. And so this is why it's really interesting. So I'm sitting in my office and l- literally an angel comes through the door and shakes my chair, shakes my chair in my office. So I'm sitting on this chair and my chair is shaking by itself, but not by itself. Yeah, an angel shaking and I'm going, oh my goodness, this is... And I'm like, wow, God, you're really shaking me up, you know. And the Lord speaks, first of all, takes me into a vision and says to me, Daryl, I'm giving you a high place. And I said, wow, okay, you're giving me a high place. That's really, really interesting. Thank you, Lord. And he said, this angel is a relocation angel. I'm giving you a high place over the city because in order for you to come into the next part of your ministry and the next season in your life, you need to occupy uh, occupy, sorry, a high place geographically in the city. So I was like, wow. So I'm in this vision. It's just an incredible vision. And I, I'm, I'm a little shaken up, literally, um, by this angelic encounter. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Because, you know, uh, you can interact with the angels and people say, yeah, I've interacted with the angel, you know. And, but when you, I mean, when those angels manifest, I mean, it's shocking. Like, I was shocked. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I didn't tell my wife because she was eight months pregnant. And I didn't say God's relocating us or, you know, I didn't, I, I hadn't, I had a sense that it was going to be about moving house. I didn't say anything. And then um, a number, not very many weeks later, I, I did start to talk to my wife and I said, look, can we just go and start to have a look at particular places? Now, I didn't say this, but in my vision, God actually gave me a vision of a part of the city. And in this part of the city, there was no, you know, there was no property available. Like, I, you know, I hadn't heard anything about anything being available in this particular part of the city, but this is what I'd seen. Anyway, so I put my we put our feelers out, or, and I said, "Look, I'm just going to ask some real estate agents." And and Belinda said, "That's my wife said, you know, that's fine, but I don't think we're going to move right now. We need to have a baby. Give me a few months, and etc." But I felt there was this urgency from God, and there was such an urgency over the whole process. And so suddenly, I got a phone call from an agent, and he said, "You know what? There's a there's a house available in this particular area." And it was exactly the area that I felt like I was supposed to be. And he said, it's a, it's a place with panoramic views. It's so high up, it's a panorama. So I said, great, okay, no problem. So, we, so I said, let's just at least go and look at it. And, and uh, you know, kind of we went up. We, I really knew that it was already our house. So I was like, okay. And Belinda was like, okay, we'll just go and have a look, you know. And not that she doesn't hear from God, but sometimes people are in different seasons. And my yeah, wife's um, extremely – it's gone, sorry. There yeah. is a very weird sound in the background. I don't know if it's some kind of oh, weird okay. feedback or. Can you hear? Is that gone now? Yeah, it's not there now. So, do you know what it was? It was some of the birds. It was the Australian wildlife. Oh. I went outside and there was all of the birds started to sing. The creation started to align with what we were talking about. <laughs> Seriously. So, 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 yeah, so, we, so. So we went up to have a look at this house. Um, we started to go up, and we were like, wow, this is a real high place. As soon as we started to go up the drive, the main driveways up to this place, 
with the 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 feeling the level of witchcraft was so high my wife was like wow this is really high there's been a lot of stuff happen up here you know and so we're driving up and we're like wow okay if we're going to move to a place like this we need some serious prayer cover but as we drove down to the house everything changed and it was like there was this immense peace this immense grace about us us it just even going and having a look at this house and as soon as we walked into the house my wife said this is my my new house this is where we're supposed to be living so anyway uh, long story short we ended up buying this this um house now this is just to give you kind of a, a framework for all of this for all of this this is at the moment we're looking at we settled on the house on the 22nd of december so 22nd of december and my wife is very very pregnant and she's due you know, a, a few weeks later. And so we settle on the house on the 22nd of December and we're like, oh my goodness, we're actually going to move house. I can't believe it. You know, we've been given a high place. This represents a new season in ministry and everything else. And then three days later on Christmas morning, I'm in the, I'm in my kitchen and I'm sitting down having a, just, just having muesli because um, it's Christmas morning. And so I'm sitting down having some breakfast and we just finished doing the present opening. And my wife looks at me and she says, Daryl, you need to take me to the hospital. And I said, why? Why do I need to take you to the hospital? You know, and she said, the baby's coming now. And so this is Christmas morning. We've just finished the presents bright and early. It's probably seven o'clock in the morning. And then we're, lo and behold, we're on, now on the way to the hospital. And literally within a couple of hours, we have our baby daughter, uh, Araya Jade. And so we have our baby daughter on Christmas morning. And I felt like the Lord say, surprise, surprise. And so in all of that, what started to happen is I started to see that what we had been moved into, ushered into a, seasons of, a season of the suddenlies of God. And literally what was happening is that these suddenlies were, were being released into our world in order for us to start to occupy a new place, but actually in, embrace a new season that God had for us. And let me tell you this, each of the things that God released to us, they were uncomfortable. I was not feeling comfortable in anything that started to happen. I started to feel not just uncomfortable, but a little bit overwhelmed. And I was like, oh, my goodness, God, can I even handle that? And the Lord said, I'm, I'm pegging you to enlarge you in this season, Daryl. You're actually going to occupy a new place in me, a new place in God. And so so I started to, This is, and this is just the last part, because I feel like this is the most probably one of the most important parts, is we started to move house, and as I started to move um, all of my furniture over, I started to, you know, uh, had removalists. But I, my glass desk that I had been sitting at when the angel had visited me, it was kind of like one of my, pro I loved it. It was beautiful, thick glass. Like I loved the desk and I really was being very careful with it. And I decided to uh, just put it in my car, just slot it behind the baby seats in the car and drive it up myself and not give it to a removalist, but actually drive it up myself. And I did that. And, uh, and, and when we had unpacked everything, the last thing that I brought out was this glass desk. And I brought the glass desk out and I held it by myself and I started to walk it down to the house. And as I started to walk it down to the house, Daniel, the whole glass desk didn't touch anything, nothing. It hadn't touched anything. It wasn't vibrating. The whole glass desk completely shattered in my face. The entire, like tens of thousands of pieces of glass the whole thing exploded it like everywhere and my wife was like oh my goodness are you right it was one of those moments of like okay is anyone being do we need to go to the hospital is everyone okay you know and um the lord spoke to me and he said you didn't break your desk Daryl. i broke your desk 
I was like, why, why would you break my desk like this? And he said, because I'm bringing you into a new office. And that desk represented a glass ceiling that was over your life until you started to step into a new place out of a place of obedience with me. And as a result of you moving to a high place, I'm actually changing your ministry, changing parts of your ministry, should I say. And so this glass desk is then smashed. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this ceiling is coming off my life. Well, let me tell you, from that moment, Mm. some of the promises some of the promises that God had given me. Let me let me just let me put this in let me put this in context for you because I think this is really important for the listeners. I had been praying for a number of years over the prophetic promises that God had given me. I'm talking about a number of years. So maybe, you know, you know, we all we all have them, you know, ten years, twelve years contending for the promises. God, you said this, this is gonna happen. Let me say this, Daniel, this is so crazy. I got to a stage where At that time, just a few weeks later, I literally went into my prayer closet and I said, God, I cannot see one prophetic promise, apart from just one. There was one thing. I said, apart from this one thing, God, I cannot see one of your prophetic promises that hasn't come to pass. Every prophetic promise he had ever given me had come to pass. And I said, God, I need some new prophetic promises. I don't even know if if this is legit. Can I even say this? But I am not wanting for anything every promise you've given me has, has has come to pass and so a few weeks later i was like wow is this even should i can i even say this can i even say that i'm in a time right now where i'm now contending for new prophetic promises because everything that god has promised me has been fulfilled in this season where literally the prophetic promises were coming bang i'm going to give you this bang i'm going to give you this and it was just over and over like a domino effect of breakthrough as the prophetic promises that you've given us started to come to pass and so it was uh, It was all after the ceiling of this desk breaking. And he said, the ceiling over your life is now broken. So I was like, wow, okay. So all of that started to happen. And a few weeks later, he said, I want you to listen to this message. And sudden, so I'm listening to this message, the prophetic revivalist, uh, you know, evangelist. And I'm listening to it. And halfway through the message, he goes, I don't know if any of you have ever been here. But let me tell you this. I got to a stage in my life where every prophetic promise God had ever given me came to pass, and I needed to go back into my prayer closet and contend for new prophetic promises because I was, wasn't wanting for anything anymore. And I was like, my goodness, that's exactly where, that's exactly where I felt like I was at. Now, now, now I know this sounds, this sounds like a big thing, but I really believe that there are particular things that we can do to partner with God to see ceilings broken off our life in order that everything that he has promised us would literally start to manifest. And I started to ask him, God, what was the key? What did I do to actually start that breakthrough coming? And do you know what he said to me? He said, you were obedient with the small things that I asked you to do and with the big things that I asked you to do. And then I realized that some of the things that he had asked me to do, just tweaking lifestyle, tweaking habits, not negative, not immoral habits, but just things that I was doing that literally didn't, they seemed so small, but those, when I made a choice, not to do those things anymore because God was prompting me not to do that. He was literally tweaking me to a pl- into a place where I was actually, my capacity was being perfectly formed or were better formed in order to carry the things that he had called me to carry. And let me tell you this right now, the things that started to open up for us as a family were unbelievable. Phone calls, the kind of phone calls that you get and you're like, have you got the wrong number? Are you speaking to the, are you, do you, I, I think that you must, you must want somebody else. Are you thinking of another ministry? Because this is, you know, and I'm not, I'm being, I'm being funny, but I'm being, I'm, ex, I'm exaggerating it to prove a point. I could, it, God said to me one time, Daniel, he said, I will, 
do something in your life that you will never get over the, for the rest of your life. I will do things in your life, sorry, that you will never get over. And I started to feel like I was drunk on the goodness of God. I just couldn't get, I was like, what is going on? And he said, you are now perfectly aligned, uh, perfectly aligned with my divine purpose for your life. And you are going to see literally the manifestation of everything I've ever spoken and more, more than you can ask or imagine start to manifest in your life. So I really believe, so I hope that encourages people. I really believe that we are in a season right now where God is literally tweaking us in order that those ceilings would be broken off and people would be able to step into a place where they start to get unpegged and receive in order to be enlarged as they receive even more of the prophetic promises that God has given them. I'm not saying that generically. I'll speak about that in a minute, like a generic thing. Get ready for the breakthrough. Get ready for the promise. I, mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of prophet. I'm not that guy. This is a real tangible reality of God tweaking us to actually start to apprehend the things and walk into the things that we were we were designed to do before we were born. Those things, those assignments, I believe that we were predestined to walk in. And I believe that as we start to do that, we start to feel like we are, I'm born to do this. This is what I'm born to do. And there's nothing more fulfilling than walking out the fullness of the original mandate that God had for us. And that's what we started to experience as a result of that ceiling breaking off. So good. Okay. So as you're talking about the high place, I'm thinking, of course, God wants to replace, you know, I mean, I think that for years, God has been at work in your city specifically to displace powers yes. of darkness in the high places. And here's why I know that's true. The first time I met you and Todd Weatherly um, was the day after we had done prayer with uh, Paul Todhill over the city of Adelaide. And that was actually why I went to Adelaide the first time in the first place. It wasn't to preach. It wasn't to minister. It was literally to just do some territorial warfare. Yep. And one of the things God had us to do was to go up this mountain. And we were climbing this mountain for a long time. It wasn't comfortable. I mean, it was kind of like exhausting. Yep. We're like hiking up this yep. thing. It's like, oh, it's kind of hot, thirsty, you know, and this mm-hmm. is like, oh, just keep going. Just go a little further, go a little further. We go all the way up. Guess what we find? A ritual altar like they they set it up you know and we found yep. the stick and the, the uh, stone mm-hmm. inside of it strategically mm-hmm. i mean they built this thing yep. in the mountain overlooking your city absolutely and one yep. of the things that god had us to do while we were up there is i mean speak the blood of jesus over it and, and knock it down as a prophetic act amen and absolutely so i i know that god for the past years has been you know, transacting things in your city. It's like, yeah, knock down the evil occupation of the high places. But I think it's so profound that now as he's been moving evil out, he's moving you in. And I think, Daryl, there's a huge degree of revelation in that because here's what the people of God, I think, don't understand. God doesn't just want to judge evil and bring justice so that evil can fall, but so that his people can be positioned in the roles and offices they were designed to be in from before they were born. In order for God to actually bring the manifestation of what he desires for a region, a city, a geography, he has to displace so that he can replace. Yes. And I see him doing that with you. And I'm like... 
Goodness gracious. Wow. There, there have been four couples in our, in our, maybe five couples in our church in the last, and I'm talking about the last 12 weeks, they've all been given land in high, a high place overlooking different areas of the city mm. in different geographic locations exactly the same time because we're in a time of it's a, it's a hostile takeover. <laughs> okay. And I remember, yes, go Please, on, no, you remember what? Go ahead. No, I, I remember when you came and I remember it, you went up to, I think it was Anstey's Hill. And you came to display something, um, and and I think that yeah, I mean, you were obviously strategically brought in at that time to display something that needed to be displaced in that in that particular region. And I love the fact that you're talking about occupation because I believe that exactly the same thing. We're not we're not called to just go and visit something. We're called to occupy it. We're taught to yeah, as as you said already, we're taught to take over. And, and and literally like we become we, we become the pl- the planting of the Lord that then becomes the covering of the city. Oh come on. You know um, one of the things that the Bible says in Isaiah chapter one is that I will restore your judges as at the first and you will be called the city of righteousness you know and, um, okay, okay pause. you're talking about, breaking glass ceilings and, and you're qualifying that by saying i'm not just another this is your day of breakthrough preacher or prophet okay yeah. now yeah. i want to ask you about sober-minded processing in light of god bringing us into new areas yes what does it mean to think soberly about ourselves daryl so um, yeah, I mean, this is uh, in in my opinion, and God brought me brought, God brought me through a, a season two, where He started to speak to me about the body. And you know, when God speaks about the body, it's not because He's hurling judgment at His body. He loves His bride, but it's because He's 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 inviting us into a place where we can start to strategize over something else. And you rev, a, let's just say this: a level of revelation that He wants us to come into as you obviously know by by the nature of the show that you run, Daniel. And so so what, what he started to speak to me about was he started to say that people think my some of my people think that they're bigger than they are. Now let me let me qualify this completely first of all by saying, yes, Christ in us the hope of glory, that one man with God is a majority, that we are a new creation in Christ. Two Corinthians five seventeen. We are that we are brand new, that we've ne- you know, that, that that we you know, that we have everything that we need for life and godliness, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God to pull down strongholds. And and so I'm not in any way negating any of those things. But what I felt like uh, we all we all understand or as we mature we understand that there is a process of maturing. It's literally like we go to a spiritual gym and as we go to the spiritual gym, we get built up in particular areas in order that we can stand well it's like that that whole strengthen your knees that there is something about a process of strengthening and being built up in the things of the spirit being built up in the things of god where we can actually stand and we can uh, oppose the things um, of darkness and i really felt the lord speak to me and i felt him say that some people 
think that they're bigger than they they are bigger than they really are and i started to see that people were i had a vision actually of people and i don't know if you've ever seen those those funny suits where those sumo suits that people put on it like celebrations or barbecues and they all put on this sumo suit and then they wrestle each other and it's like this big plastic suit i don't know if you know what i'm talking about Daniel, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> yeah and so i actually saw i actually saw people putting on these suits and then presenting themselves before other people and they were going hey look how how are you doing and then i saw them present themselves in these weird sumo suits that made them look bigger than they really were and then i saw a, a like a pin come and then people were able to pop the suits and it shrank down to the size that they actually were and i started to see that well i actually felt the lord say that the way that people see themselves is actually getting them in trouble the way that people see themselves is actually getting them in trouble and i had an experience and i think this will really help i had an experience where i myself uh, and todd went to china and we were walking in beijing and we were doing some stuff uh, just ministering in in a church there and i remember us going out and as we went out we said let's go and pray in this particular region and we went out and prayed in the, to, we you know we went to go and pray and suddenly as soon as we started to pray the the temperature changed like five degrees dropped five degrees in one second it went like this and the lord spoke to spoke to me and 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 todd at exactly the same time and he said if you pray like that here your trip is a, is going to change if you pray like that here your trip is going to change and i said why and he said because you haven't been given jurisdiction and this is not your metron now i know that everywhere our feet do tread the lord has given unto us and all of that stuff but i felt that concept in its in itself was really really important because I, because in the book of romans it says do not think of yourself any more highly than you are but according to the to the measure of faith but according to sorry think soberly of yourself and according to the measure of faith that you've been given but you know that there is something at the moment where where that where people think that they are further along than they actually are and i believe that a lot of people are getting are taking quite big hits because of it so i think that what's actually happening is people are posturing themselves like they yes okay i can do this i'm going to go and do this i'm going to you know i'm going to take this ground i'm going to do that but actually yes we can do all things in god but actually they're not in a position where they can actually stand up under that and then as a result uh, they're not yeah as a result they they're actually taking getting quite significantly attacked as a result so i'm so so then you say well are you saying that the enemy so anything that if i get attacked in an area it's because i i'm not big enough no the enemy will attack you regardless he's he's merciless he's disgusting you know but the reality is that there is there is something where god wants us to think of ourselves soberly i'll give you an example uh, and a really simple example is a lot of people um was would would say yes i'm going to go well, i say well what have you been doing well i took down the I took that uh, you know I was I was doing this and I took down this principality and then I went there and I did that principality and, I, and I'm like and you know when someone says something to you and it just doesn't uh, it doesn't sit well and you're like yeah I I believe that you're a you're a prayer and I you know I don't know I'm not I don't want to judge you as it were but there's something that doesn't quite sit right in the way that you're communicating what you're actually doing because I can't so I'm not re- I'm not resonating with it but also what you're doing is you're giving me a spiritual portfolio of all the things you've done spiritually but then when I look at the areas of your life that should manifest well too like you you know you can hold down a job you pay your rent all the things that 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 literally character produces and 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 processes of maturing produce I look at your life 
and I can't see I can't see any manifestation of 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 a normal a normal world. You know. So what what was happening was that these a lot of people were going. Oh, look, I I feel like I'm probably gonna tread on some toes right now. Go for um, it, maybe just, just some, you know you, some you, you so sometimes some certain things just need to be said. Go yeah, for it, I man. Didn't want to hold, you're, you're talking about okay, the spirit, so brother. I won't, I won't hold back then. So I really felt like there were a lot of people and they were self-appointing themselves as these big spiritual gurus. But real, the reality was that it was like they were wearing sumo suits. That in fact, that they were easily poppable, that they were easily offended, that they had, didn't have any grunt as it were. They didn't have, yeah, that, that, that internally, you know, externally they talked a good talk, but internally they couldn't actually really walk that walk out. And I felt like what God was doing is he was literally purifying his bride. And a lot of the things that have been set up, and I'll, I'll speak very, very openly then, a lot of the things were set up was because people were just hurt and broken and that their identity was so skewed, they didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. So they appointed themselves in these particular positions. They said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But actually, God wasn't calling them to do these particular things or to self-appoint themselves in these ways. And instead, what he was doing is trying to... Trying to um, Taught, give them a gift that baptized them in a healthy spiritual assessment of where they really were at because it says that jesus grew in his wisdom and stature and in favor with both god and man and there is a process that we need to go to that god invites us into and we are in a process and i think what happens is even in the middle of a process sometimes if we don't want to go through the process what we do is we then go okay yeah well you know I, i'm going to go and do this and i'm going to do this and it's nearly like the the things that we do pull us away from the very process that God has got us got us in and actually don't help our, our, our partnership with the things that the Spirit of God is doing with us. And I think that's really, really important, you know. Daryl, <clears throat> I, I, I would say that is extremely well said. Extremely well said. I, I, I <laughs> You know, be, because sometimes the realm of possibility is so cool. We, we, we just want it. And mm -hmm. yeah. I, I know that like with a platform like this, um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a big setup because sometimes I, we get up here and talk about some of the fantastic testimonies and you know, I, I know that what you're saying is relevant to certain people that are going to be listening to this particular program because no, no one really knows what it cost me to be able to operate where, you know, God has called me to operate and some of the men and women of God I brought on this program. Huge cost. And um, man, oh man. Tell you, you're nailing something here. Now, I, 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 I want to talk about something that I, I found profound because you'd mentioned a specific angel <laughs> that showed up during one of your uh, engagements a while back, and I was like, "Well, this is new." And you told me that he called himself Demonstration. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, I there was a I, I felt that there was a 
host of angels that were released to the body of Christ in order to work in the places of demonstration of the invisible world, making the invisible visible, as it were, um, in order that people could put... Remember when Paul says, he says, I, I did not come with wise persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power. And I felt like there was this reality where the, where the angels were being released in this season where we could actually start to demonstrate the things of the kingdom of God. Now, now we have, uh, we have. I think I talked about this a little bit before on your show, but we have a lot of people in the world. Now, in the world, there are a lot of demonstrators of the realm of darkness. Now, some of them are directly demonstrating a realm of darkness, and sometimes, and some of them are indirectly demonstrating a realm of darkness. You know that there are realms of darkness that are demonstrated continually through, and we, and we, we, it, it basically. They make it palatable through the media, but I'm talking things about like even movie, video clips and you know music videos and stuff like that, where there's a demonstration of a realm that's actually an overarching realm, um, not the not the not the preeminent realm, but the, uh, but an overarching realm over particular media mountains or entertainment mountains, and so we see that indirectly. Sorry, uh, yeah, indirectly. So people don't you know come on their music video like one of the you know some of the young stars don't get on and say okay I'm you know I, I've given my heart to the devil and you know I, I work for the Illuminati but we know that actually that there is an info there has been a demonic infiltration through things like the entertainment industry so we see an in, indirect demonstration of the things of darkness you see where I'm going <coughs> then we have then we have a direct um, correlation where you literally get people demonstrating things of the invisible um, from the not from the realm of heaven. So, for example, um, psychics, mediums. My mum was a. I think I mentioned this before, but my mum was a on TV as a psychic and as a as an astrologer. She was one of the leading uh, people in the Astrological Society of London. She was a massive deal. She was on live TV all the time. And so then you've got this demonstration where she, where people are actually reading something from that realm and saying, okay. So then what God was speaking to me about. Um, to come back round, sorry, was literally he was just saying that I'm going to start to demonstrate the authentic, and and the authentic um, through the people of God. So where people have come and they've said, okay, I'm being in touch with your sister or your brother, and this is what he's saying. You know that there was going to be an authenticity brought through. I mean, this is a very touchy subject for a lot of people, but there was going to be an authenticity brought through by with areas of demonstration of the kingdom of heaven and the reality that heaven is a real place. And so what was going to start to happen is these angels, and not just the angels, obviously, but the Spirit of God was going to empower people to be able to demonstrate things of the kingdom like never before. And let me give you a, an example of this, and I think I've spoken about this before, a, an example of a demonstration of the reality of the kingdom of heaven, which I think is going to be so much more in the future. And I do, do talk about this a bit, but also, but also it's not the focus of, of my ministry by any extent. But one of the things that was that I do believe was happening was that people were engaging with members of the cloud of witnesses from with people that had passed away when they were interacting with people that didn't know who Jesus was. So one of the things that was happening was, and I'd, I've spoken to you, I've spoken about some of my experiences, but it's far more common now as well, not just for unbelievers, but for believers as well, that there was a demonstration through interaction, or let me say this, knowledge of family members who had passed away, knowledge, detail, uh, de uh, detailed, uh, well, so let's just say this, de 
knowing details about family members. I mean, I've been in experiences where I've seen family members who, of people who have passed away, their favorite hobbies, their dogs, the name of the dog, the, you know, and that's just, I mean, that's just a little bit, but we're talking about a lot of the time miscarried children, what their names were, what they do in heaven now, and all of these different things. I mean, I, I sat, you know, sometimes I'll sit with someone, oh, wow, okay, they, I, I'm seeing a, a little girl, you know, and, and I can see her with Jesus and this is what she's doing. And I feel like we're, we're starting to engage at such a different level with this demonstration. And I feel like that's one of the ways it's going to, and that was just an example of one of the ways, is that we actually get to demonstrate through revelation knowledge or demonstrate through power or demonstrate through, yeah, yeah, literally demonstrate through power the reality of the kingdom of heaven and people can then connect with the reality of who God is without the body of Christ getting in a really weird way and going, oh, well, you know, I can't believe you're talking about this. And that's one of been one of my leading frustrations is that I think coming from a place where I, where I saw so much of the demonstration of darkness so obviously, and the world was fine with it, but as soon as you talk about any kind of demonstration to the body of Christ, they completely shut up and they go, oh my goodness, you're deceived, you're in witchcraft. And it's like, and when obviously you don't go into something that there, where there's no biblical standard, but if there's a biblical standard, if something's set in scripture, then you then we're then we're free to go. In my in my opinion, anyway. So you, you know, <clears throat> there are some believers that are extremely superstitious, and unfortunately, there are a lot of believers that. Um, occupy seats in the realm of fear uh-huh. above occupying seats in the sphere of faith and it, truly um it, it it is very very frustrating i, I go through the same frustration daryl and I, I um you know because of the area of ministry that i'm in you know th- there's a lot of finer points that are you know we're often needing to apply definitions to so that um, those that are willing to listen long enough can understand that there is a difference between, uh, you know, the occult and the things of God. But the fact of the matter is engaging with the cloud of witnesses is not the same thing as necromancy at all. Exactly right. And that is clear because while in the Old Testament necromancy is condemned in the new testament it says therefore we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses it's not even optional it's just a state of being as a member of the kingdom of god yeah it's a present reality according to scripture for believers whether we agree with it or not it it doesn't matter if we agree it just is Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. it's like oh well you know i don't agree that jesus had to shed his blood because blood grosses me out tough you're yep, forgiven exactly. because of your sin, by, of your sins because of his blood. It just is, and sometimes we need to reconcile our beliefs to the clear biblical standard. And and, and the same thing goes with the cloud of witnesses. I mean, there are populations in the kingdom, Daryl. That's not your decision. It's not my decision. That's God's decision. Exactly. He, we mm-hmm. are kingdom citizens. Uh-huh. Philippians three ten. I mean, read it for yourself, folks. Uh, for we are citizens in heaven. <laughs> from which we wait the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who else is citizen in heaven? Those that are dead in Christ. Exactly. Right. Okay. Also present tense. I mean, what does it mean to engage in the heavenly places in Christ? 
It doesn't mean necromancy. It means that you are partaking of a realm that you are sitting in because of the finished work of Jesus. You can't separate yourself from that. Uh, you can in your mind, but the, the, the reality is, Daryl, praise God that some of us are moving beyond some of our superstition. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. It's true. What, what else? Did you want to say anything else on this point? Yeah, I just want to say one thing. I just think that if we if we can be open as a, as as a body of people, as the uh, as the bride of Christ, we we need to be open to God bringing such experiences founded in Scripture to our, into our world, in order that we would be able to partner with these supernatural realities and then work with heaven to allow the release of that those truths onto the earth in order that people would in order that we can build a bridge from people into the realities of heaven and i feel like that's really as you were saying that's really really important because you know every time we say every time we get fearful or every time we uh, out of a place and it's always always out of a place of ignorance and fear is a spirit so so anything that's any doctrine even that's been set up from a place of fear is actually founded on is a doctrine of demon. So it's just bizarre, but because we we've, we're never in a place, we're not called to be in a place of fear. But one of the, but what I was saying is I just feel like we've got to be completely we've got to be open for God to bring these kind of things into our world and literally like literally have that any kind of ceiling as I was saying before, any kind of ceiling broken off us in that area in order that we can in order that we can embrace things that god wants to speak to us because we're really good um in the body we're really good at quoting scriptures you know that god you know uh, that god is able to do more than we can ask or imagine you know that there are but what happens is then we limit him continually to our little box sometimes our little box of doctrine sometimes the doctrine we've been brought up with is wrong i mean there was so much demonic leaven through doctrine over the years in the church I mean, it's only only st half of the church still doesn't even believe in signs and wonders. Not half, but you know, I'm exaggerating a point to to try to get something across that we still believe things that are completely biblically inaccurate, and those things create a limitation and a ceiling for God to speak to us. Be and as soon as we we then yield to a pro any process He's got for us and say, "Okay, God, I I might be wrong in these areas. If I'm wrong, please enlarge me so that I can actually be more fruitful." for you and i'm talking about now in a spiritual context and then god says wow great okay because i really want to speak to you in this way and he wants i want to communicate in a different way to you i'm not talking about he wants to communicate through a cloud of witnesses i'm not saying that he i'm what i'm saying is that he he wants to in whatever way he wants to communicate in any way that he wants to do that we need to just be open for him to use us in ways that are going to bridge the gap mm -hmm. and and i really believe that it's important that we that we yield anything that's not of god uh, um, to him in order that he can break any limitations of us in that in that process okay we need to talk about the Amos company Daryl uh, you mentioned this before yes. I got the program started you didn't tell me what it was yes so now I'm yes. I, I, I've been holding my horses like this whole time I'm like man what is the Amos company what yes. do you mean when he said yes. that oh my gosh I can't wait to yes. hear it help me yeah. Daryl yeah yeah well, this is something that I've been on a bit of a kind of a, a sabbatical time, not really a sabbatical, but that kind of thing where, where we've had a baby and stuff. And the Lord's been speaking to me in that time. And sometimes uh, when you get a little bit of time, you, he'll really start to unpack a particular concept. And he started to speak to me 
from the book of Amos. And it's quite an intense book if you read it. Um, but he started to speak to me specifically about uh, now. It, now many people. Now a lot of, a lot of the, some of the stuff that I'll say now, I've um, heard from others, and then it's teamed with stuff that I that I have for myself. Um, I did a lot of study, and I listened to some incredible teachers who have studied out a lot of history of Amos. But he spoke to me about this season, and he talked to me about the things that Amos was called to do. And I just thought that this is absolutely profound. And I really believe that we're in a place at the moment where. God is calling us up. Now, Amos, if you look at the book of Amos, it was called, it basically, if you look at the whole calling of Amos, he was a prophet of justice. That's what they call him. They call Amos the prophet of justice. And he came at a time where Judah and Israel were in, in, in an incredible time of prosperity. So they were in a time, so Judah and Israel were in the best time ever. But he then comes along and he then challenges, let's just call it the status quo, but he then challenges where they're at because obviously God isn't happy because they haven't, yeah, they haven't been um, coming into line with the, with the covenant that they, that they were, that they were given. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so this is where it gets really, really exciting. Now we, he got started to speak to me and I, a number of people have said that they believe that Amos is a really, really prophetic book for our time. So I was like, wow, that's really, really exciting. And the Lord started to speak to me, and he started to talk to me about seasons in God. And he talked to me about the world and the spirit of the world. And then he talked about the global church. And so I really started to see that what he was talking with, talking about specifically with regards to the rising up of an Amos company was actually, in, was actually to counteract something of a spirit of the world but also where there have been a spirits that had infiltrated the church. I'm talking about the global church for centuries, where, this, where there were spirits of religion, legalism, and tradition that had come in and that God was breaking those things, but he was doing it with an Amos company. Now, if we look at the sector of the world now, you look at the spirit of the world, where we're going with some of these radical beliefs about uh, gender identity, and I'm not going to go into all that stuff now. And 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 just just such bizarre, bizarre things happening. My friend just came back from LA. I think he was in LA, and 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 I'm not from America, and you obviously live there. And saying you can now legally marry an object there, so you can actually marry an object. And uh, I just thought that was so weird. So you can marry your broom. You can say, hey, I really feel, or or your cat, or your. I just thought this is really. So it's that twisting, that pervert, that perversion. So anyway, so so in saying in saying, I just think that's bizarre. And so, well, I will say this for you know, uh, actually, let me let me take that. I, I'm going to back up off of that whole. Go for it, brother. Go for it. But then talk about that because it's so bizarre where we've gone. It's like, and then people are really accepting it, saying, "No, this is this is true." But you'll see where I'm going because this is the, the whole Amos thing. And so what was happening is that, and now it's specifically, let's look at, let's look at the concept of the church first. So specifically what was, ha what was happening at that time is that Israel and Judah, time of prosperity, they're really happy, everything's going well. And then Amos comes and he goes, hey, you know, uh, he actually basically prophesies, he starts to prophesy the downfall of a particular kingdom, and a, a, something that's been set up. And one of the priests goes to him in chapter seven, and this will this will kind of, this this is good because it gives an overview of his ministry, uh, in my in in my um, opinion, what I've been studying out. And in the in the book of Amos, there's one of the priests, and his name is Amaziah, and Amaziah 
goes to Amos and he says uh, in, in verse 12, he says, um, go away, seer, flee from the land of Judah. Uh, sorry, flee to the land of Judah and eat there and there do your prophesying, but no longer prophesy at Bethel, for it is a sanctuary of the king and a royal residence. So he's saying, go and release your prophecies in another place. We have established something here that we don't want ruffled. We don't want the feathers ruffled here. And the Lord started to speak to me about holy disruptors. And he said, Amos was a holy disruptor, that there is something, you know, in the book of, in the book of John chapter 5, when, when they're all, all hanging out at the, at the pool of Bethesda, it says that an angel went down at certain times and troubled the water. And I felt like the Lord say that I'm releasing seasons at the moment, uh, people at the moment, sorry, that will literally stir up. They are going to trouble the, the, the waters where there has been an established status quo, where people think that everything's going well and it's business as usual and we're building empire or we're doing this. And, you know, and I feel like God's saying, here come my troublers in a good way, obviously, because they're, they're men and women of God. And this is where it got started to get really interesting for me, because I started to see that, that God was raising up a prophetic company that weren't just a prophetic company. And this goes back to what I was saying before, who will just release a word of encouragement to the body. Now, I understand as a prophetic minister, I understand the whole concepts of 1 Corinthians 12 through chapter 12 through 14, 14 specifically, talking about the nature of prophecy, talking about it being a time for edification, time for comfort, time for those things. But let me say this, that there are prophets rising on the earth. Uh, another prophet in South Australia is, uh, called it an Isaiah 6 company. But they are literally rising on the earth right now where they are administrating the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord is literally troubling a status quo, whether it be in a worldly sense, whether they, they're coming, maybe they're, they're, they're Christians in a political sphere. I, I, I think of even your president, uh, Trump, he's a, a perfect example of this, where he comes up and he says, OK, this is where we're going. And I'm not saying everything he does is exactly what God wants to do. But what I'm saying is he's a really good example of being a troubler of the status quo. And I feel like this is such a word in season. I, even just saying it right now, I feel it in my bones. This is what this is my calling, you know. And so God said, I'm raising this company up, and they're not a company. And you'll catch where I'm going now. They're not a company who are bound by um, a fear of man. They're not a company who are bound by um, any kind of restriction that a world, the world has put on them or even the church has put on them, but they're actually a company of prophets, a company, a prophetic company of people that are coming up and they're actually administrating the word of the Lord that shuts down demonic, uh, let's, let's, just, let's just put it like this, basically, they're called to uproot and replant. They're called to uproot things which have, should never have been planted in the first place. And they're called to replant the things of the kingdom of heaven. They're called to literally call forth and release the violent um, advancement of the, of, the, of the kingdom of heaven. And so I thought this is really, really interesting. And I saw that these people were being raised up in place of resilience. I really believe that you're one of them, Daniel. And um, being raised up in, this, in these places where... They had been, it's nearly like they were so, so hardcore, like these warrior ox prophets. So that's what it's like, like the ox. They're so tenacious. They'll just go, go, go. But they literally grow. They've been trained through the highest level of warfare. 
So they get all these high levels of warfare, and then they're able to stand up. But this is why I wanted to talk about Amos specifically today, because I really feel like this is really, people are really going to catch this. Upon studying of the book of Amos, and this is really important, it says that Amos was a sheep herder. It says that he was a sheep herder. And when um, the priest that I was uh, just speaking about from in chapter 7, Amaziah, says to Amos, go and prophesy somewhere else. This is Amos' response. He says, to, he says to Amaziah, he says, I am not a prophet, nor am I the son of a prophet. I am a herdsman and a grower of sycamore figs. But the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. And then he says this in verse 16. He says, now hear the word of the Lord. You are saying, "Do not. you shall not prophesy against this house, nor shall you speak against this house. And, and therefore, thus says the Lord. And then he talks about his wife, the, the wife being a harlot and, and stuff like that. Now, this is really, really important. I feel like we've really got to catch this. This is so weird. It's weird because, we, because we're, we're, we've got Amos and we're going, well, what on earth? Daryl, what are you talking about today? Why, what's this Amos company? What does it look like? Now, Amos says in chapter 7, he says, I am not a prophet. And I was like, what? God, what does that mean? And, 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 and it took a long time to study this out. But what, we, what I started to find as I studied out Amos specifically is that Amos wasn't referring to him not being a prophet. He was, but he wasn't. Obviously, he was a prophet. But what was happening was that at that time, there was something called prophets' guilds. And the prophets' guilds, a lot of his contemporaries were in these prophets' guilds. And these prophets' guilds were actually state-funded. They were state-funded. So what was happening is that these prophets were the prophets. These kings in Israel had many prophets. They were prophets. They were surrounded by prophetic people, prophetic advisors. And the prophets were paid for by the kings. Their food was taken care of. Their accommodations were taken care of. They were looked after, these prophets' skills. So as soon as you were, you were aligned, you were actually a state-paid prophet. So when in Amos 7, when Amos is replying to the priest who's actually, uh, obviously, he just uh, just reported to the king that Amos is preaching against him. And then he says, Amos, you need to get out of here. You know, um, when he says that, when he says that to the, to the priest, he's actually saying, I'm not part of the establishment. I'm not part of the prophet's guild. I'm not one of the state-paid prophets. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. This is really important. I feel, really feel like we need to catch this. See, he wasn't part of the spirit that was existing there which was the not just the spirit but he wasn't going in the same direction as israel and judah were going and because uh, they were literally going in the wrong direction and god wanted to redirect them so what happens is then is you've got amos really really interestingly is now in a place where he's saying actually i'm not part of this i'm not part of the status quo i'm actually here to trouble the water i'm actually here to stir something up therefore thus says the Lord, this is the word of the Lord. So I started to study it out more, and I'm like, wow, he's so bold. Do you know what was so interesting? Do you know what's so interesting about Amos? He was a businessman. It says that he was a sheep herder, but upon deep study of the sheep that he was herding, these were very, very special sheep. These were, <laughs> it sounds really funny, but they really were. These were really, the, the herds that he is talked about here, it says that he was from a place called Tekoa, and I'll talk about that in one second. But basically, the herds that he, they were high-priced sheep. He was 
a wealthy businessman who was called out from a place of being a wealthy businessman. I'm not going to draw any relation to anybody in political office, but he was called out. Therefore, he couldn't he couldn't be bought. And so therefore, he was carrying the word of the Lord. And that was the person that God had decided to anoint in order to redirect his people. And so this is this is where it gets really interesting. The people from Tekoa and people, many of your listeners who, who study the word will know this already, but the people from Tekoa were known as very, very wise people. There were very uh, established schools there, very schools of kind of like higher learning. And it's very likely a lot of the researchers say that, that Amos went to one of these schools of higher learning. So we're talking about extreme wisdom. In fact, in the book of Samuel, when, when it t- talks about, it talks about uh, wisdom being sought and it talks about the wise woman of, T- of Tekoa. That there's actually there was it was known the whole region was known to be a place where people carried incredible wisdom. So what you've got then is you've got this really really wealthy businessman who carries wisdom, being called on by the Lord to go and infiltrate something, but not be tainted by a current status quo or a, start, a current prophetic paradigm. But actually be, and this is the, this is the word that I, I'll probably get smashed for at some point, but basically called to be independent of the system to speak into it. And that's where we are right now. And, and, and so it might seem like, oh, Daryl, what are you really talking about? Let me, let me tell you, in a few years, people will catch this concept like crazy. Because what's happening is that we are in a time right now where everybody is, and I'm not thinking of anyone, I'm just talking about a, a particular thing. Everybody is building something. Everybody and 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 you know, but whether whether I'm talking now more about kind of the 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 position of the church or the position of the world, people build stuff, and no one wants anyone to speak against what they are building, which is really which is really interesting. And so what happens is because people are building stuff, I feel like what God is doing is He's addressing and He's going to continue to address the things that people are building that are not lined up to the things that He would want them to build. And I think this is, and so this seems very small initially, and you're like, wow, okay, what are you, re-? this is actually the very fabric and nature of what the prophetic is called to do in society. See, things that are not in line with what God is called, what God, what God's ideal purpose, plan, and mandate are, things that are not in line with that, God brings forth prophetic mouthpieces. He brings forth people that speak his words. Nothing more powerful than the word of God, uh, blood of Jesus, obviously, but his word in itself becomes a disruptor to, to the status quo and to the things that are being built that are not being built in line with what God wants to build. So why is this so important? Why are we saying? Why am I even saying it? Because let me tell you this: a a a remnant or a, a, a let's say this a company of people, a company of praying people who then are given a prophetic platform or a platform for their voice to be aired can change the course of history in any nation on the earth. And that is where I feel like we're going. God is raising up a Amos company, people that aren't in any way subject to to uh, being bought out. They're not, they're not, you know, they can't be sold, they can't be bought, sorry. 
they they work independently of the system and the only way that they can work is working independently of the system because if they are within the system they can't speak against the system because they have to be literally of an independent spirit interdependently working with people but of an independent spirit literally like of a different spirit in order to be able to speak into the things that need to be shifted in a particular sphere and people don't like and I'm not I'm not promoting in any way an independent sp spirit it's the only way that I can communicate it properly because I want to I want people to understand uh, uh, what well, basically I'm trying to explain as best as I can <laughs> what I feel like it looks like for this Amos company of profits to come and actually bring a shift and they need to be separate uh, okay okay all right Daryl now I'm pinging on several things you're saying and I'm trying to Organize my thoughts so I'm not like all over the place, but I'm very excited right now. So I'm using my calm voice. First of all, you mentioned that Amos was a businessman. Mm -hmm. Now, he was educated. Yep. And he worked with wisdom. Yes. Faith does not eliminate the need for wisdom, Daryl. Mm -hmm. And there are people that try to faith their way into a demonstration of something without wisdom. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, as simple as, let me publish a book and trust the Holy Spirit to be my editor. Don't do that. That's not wisdom. Mm -hmm. I pay editors for every book I write. Um, because there is a certain reality around building things with God. See, one of the problems the body of Christ has, Daryl, is that the body of Christ brings in successful people who become successful Christians and unsuccessful people tend to be unsuccessful Christians in the long run. Mm -hmm. but, but that's because sometimes we miss a, a journey to help people who have not had practical training, wisdom, and preparation to get it in order to step into the manifestation they're supposed to have. Yeah. And, and, and Amos demonstrates that which i hear you saying that which which is profound and it needs to be said but the next thing that that you bring up is that he is a holy disruptor operating from outside can i tell you something daryl god has begun speaking to me about a new economic system that i'm not kidding yeah a, a new economic system be, because the economic system built by the Rothschild Illuminati family sitting behind the World Bank and banking systems around the world, including the nation I live in, is flawed at its fundamental level. And the idea that you can leverage debt into an advancement of society is actually an enslavement of every society that has bought into that system, which is part of the extension of the tentacles of evil throughout the world because yep. people sell out to a system and they're not even told 
They're selling out. I didn't understand this, Daryl, until I got married. And we talked about this on my podcast, me and my wife, because she had some student loans. And I had been debt-free for a few years. And I had been operating in certain areas in the spirit. I'm not going to get into all of that. But when we got married, I suddenly had debt because she had some student loans. And she had wisdom, too. She had cash to pay them off, but didn't pay them off because it didn't make sense to when it was low interest rate and she could have the lump sum of cash and and not pay them off. Well, we started to get slammed. First, I lost my car. Then we lost her car, literally within a matter of weeks. Mm. And then everything started to feel like quicksand. And then... There, there was a series of events that and led to her having a revelation. I just need to pay this off. And she did. So suddenly our nice lump sum is gone. But we're again debt free. And guess what happened? Everything alleviated from us. And, and, yeah. and I recognize, you know, okay, yeah, I am a forerunner. Whatever. But now I'm listening to you talk about the Amos company. This is what God did. After we, we, we paid that off, it's like, well, we still need a new car. I'm going to go get a nice car, right? And God said, you can get whatever you want, but you're going to pay cash. Yeah, come on. And I'm like, gasp, why? I can get a really nice thing. Why do I need to do it that way? Beginning there, God has put on us a higher calling. And, and, and I'm not bringing condemnation to anybody here that's you know working their way through a mortgage or whatever. I'm talking about us and God. He started to talk about, you are going to do everything without loans. You're going to build your ministry without loans. You're going to buy a car without loans. You're going to buy your house without a loan. And you are going to operate independently. So that's now our specific instruction for us. I'm not putting that on anyone else. But I am saying there is a call to operate independent. And as I hear you talking, Daryl, I'm making, I'm pinging. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And that. And that's exactly where. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. You finish, and then I'm I'll, done. I'm done. Please. That and that's exactly so. So, so I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like this is really, really important. The I'm meeting a lot of ministers and a lot of people at the moment, and it's exactly what you said. See, when I was talking about Amos, the the key there. Let, let's say this: have you, many of your listeners will know what the Passion Translation is. Um, Dr. Brian Simmons, good friend of mine, he. Um, we were hanging out with him one time and we said to him, Brian, what do you think is the main thing? What's the main thing that's going to happen for the body of Christ in this next season? What's the main thing? And he said the biggest shift that he believes that people will see in the body of Christ in this next season is going to be a shift where people go. And this is not, please, listeners, do not go and quit your job. Don't do that. Uh, Christians are really good at quitting their job, as you probably know. So, um, uh, are you still? Can you still hear me? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm listening, my friend. Yeah, good. Yeah. So he said he said that the biggest shift will be people going from a capped salary, which is obviously working for somebody else, to independent multiple revenue streams. From a capped salary to independent multiple revenue streams. And we started to talk about it, and I started to see. And obviously, we we're talking to Brian about this, but I started to see. That a cap salary, it's very difficult for you to be blessed financially. Now, I'm not I'm not putting limitation on God, 
let me tell you this you can only be promoted within a paradigm of how much money is allocated to a particular sphere in a company so and i'm not saying god can't give you a check but what he wants to do is he wants to prosper the work of our hands so what he's doing is he's actually bringing people out from a capped salary into a place where there will be multiple revenue streams, online businesses, where he can bless, give strategy and bless in a place of freedom, people to actually be able to make money that way and be independent, as you say, Daniel, independent of a particular, independent of any system or any lender or, you know, you know, and I just felt like okay. what God wanted to do is, sorry, come no, finish your thought, and then I, I, I have to come back. I, I'm just, I'm just boiling here. Go ahead. No, no, no. You boil, boil over, and then I'll, I'll finish. It. I'll finish there. <laughs> okay. No, but it's, so, it's, wait, oh, can I just say, let me just say one thing? Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say this thing, and I don't want to put your listeners onto it too much. This is the, this is the thing. Many a little while ago, the Lord spoke to us as a family. And I, I work for a church, which is an amazing blessing. And, you know, I get I get, I get, get paid from a church. But what the Lord spoke to me was exactly the same thing as he's just spoken to Daniel, as Daniel has just spoken to all of us today, is God spoke exactly the same thing to me. He said, I want you to be independent or independently. Um, I would need you to be free, free of loans, free of everything. So, Daniel, every car we bought in the last six years, Every car we bought, God would not let me do a lease for. He said, you have to buy it cash. And anything else major that we bought, we had to pay cash for. God wouldn't let us get loans for it. And then started to talk to us about credit cards and talk to us about all these things and literally started to untangle us from the system too. So I just think that's so profound you're talking about it. Okay, Malachi 3.10, everyone's favorite passage. (laughs) Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me in this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, first of all, I'm just going to say this. Okay. Anybody thinking you're going to tap into heaven's economy and you do not give, don't talk to me. Don't even ask me for advice because I'm not even going to waste my time. Okay. But beyond that, Daryl, there are plural windows of heaven in, in Malachi 3.10. And, and this thing... You know, my wife and I had talked about this kind of stuff all the time. See, all right, if I have a window that's three feet by three feet, that's a nine square foot window. I have nine square feet of space. Now, if I have an object that is four feet by four feet or 16 feet of square space, can I get it through that window? No, I'd have to knock down the wall. And this is the problem that Christians have. See, we build a three-by-three three window. We go and get a job. Great. But that's what's coming in, right? There's one window there. Now, if you want to really step into abundance, you're going to have to, one, step into the economy of heaven, and two, allow God to open up multiple windows of different sizes. So that you can then get the four by four object in through a maybe five by five window that's opened up on another wall next to the three by three window. Like you need more than one window in order to get different things in. And this is where people get stuck because oftentimes we don't sign up for the journey that God is going to take us down that's going to legitimately 
and, and that's the key word, legitimately open up multiple windows for the outpouring of heaven's blessings. Now, some people yes. want to get which quick scheme. No, that's not it. Get legitimate about your strategies. Partner with heaven. Step into heaven's economy, which is first done through giving. Give and it shall be given unto you. But then build. We, we have to be builders, Daryl. And, yes, and, and exactly. many people, they, they refuse to step into the creative nature that God has indwelled within. Them. You know, we have an internal genius. Mm-hmm. And most of us are completely separated from it. Exactly. We live like it's not it's there. True. We won't tap into it. Anyway, this is part of unlocking the body of Christ, Daryl. Absolutely. Absolutely. God has so many cool things he wants to do in the world. And he has people that are attached to more than we can ask, think, or imagine. And, and we're floundering in ignorance. Exactly. And, that, and, and I'm just so excited to see the body of Christ. The Lord spoke to me a number of years ago, and he said that we will see a disproportionate number of millionaires in the body of Christ. A disproportionate number. What does disproportionate means? It means that basically that there will be, it will be, you will be in a place where it it's becomes more and more and more and more and more common for people to have multiple millions of dollars. And why is that? Am I, are you preaching prosperity and this and this? Yes, I am, because the reality is, if you can't, if if we can't steward wealth, we, if we can't steward wealth, we can't give wealth. And so the reality is that we need to have large amounts of money you know gone are the times where the three business people in a church are the ones that give into a ministry or give into a church building fund or give into a church the three business people and they're called up you know and say you know every time every time you know that there's a need the business person is wrong that is that's gone there are going to be so many people in the body of christ that have so much wealth to redistribute and i really believe that that's so important because how are we ever going to see the world one without without finance you know and we're going well you know i've just got a pension i don't know what to do you know we let me tell you this just because somebody is on a pension i'm just giving you an example now you know i just feel like there are so many people that sit at home and they literally they just do their thing but actually they've got so much time and time is one of the most valuable commodities ever and god will enlarge and expand our time and he'll give us he'll give us entrepreneurial ideas and then he'll say, I want you to action this, 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 and this. And yes, you can start it with your pension. I sat on a plane recently with a guy who was 91, and I was flying on next to this guy. And I said, what do you do? And I just felt like I thought he was going to – he was 91. He was fly, he'd just flown from Texas to Australia, a long flight, as you'd know, Daniel. And he just – and I sat next to him, and I said, what do you do? And he said, I make birdhouses. And I said, well, that's fun. And I thought to myself, honestly, I thought, well, maybe he, he's got a little hobby, and he makes a bird – you know, he makes birdhouses, and he puts them up around his garden. And he pulled up his phone with a picture screenshot from Amazon. And I was like, this guy's 91. And I was like, wow, you really do make birdhouses. And he said, oh, yeah, I make birdhouses. I said, how many, how many do you make? He goes, I make 400 a month. He said, I make 400 birdhouses a month, and I distribute them. And we make – and he was telling me about the money that they're making. Now, 400 birdhouses a month might not seem like a lot of money for maybe some of your listeners. But for a 91-year-old veteran who's just living by himself in a house, that's a good income. 
Let me tell you this. I feel like that's what God is doing. He's breathing and he's going, I'm going to bless the work of your hands in this next season. I want you, as you say, I want you to build with me. But I want to release the strategies of heaven. I want to release wisdom. And I believe that God is releasing in this time. And I just watched a movie called Ready Player One yesterday. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's a great movie. New Spielberg movie. But the Lord spoke to me through that movie. And he said, in this season, I'm releasing a spirit of genius and wisdom. He said, I'm releasing a spirit of genius and wisdom. And I, I had this experience where I was in my living room and I was doing all this crazy studying. And I was studying all these entrepreneurs, all these people of genius, not Christians, just just whoever. And I was starting to study these people. And one of the prophets, one of my friends said to me, I've had a vision of you being visited in your living room, which is where I was studying, by the spirit of genius and the spirit of wisdom. And I said, that is exactly what the Lord spoke to me. So I feel like as I feel like God is bringing us into a place where we're partnering with wisdom as a spirit. She's a spirit, obviously. Where we're partnering with the spirit of wisdom, but in conjunction with that, we're actually going to come into a place of genius where people will say, people will get ideas in the body of Christ in this next season as God creates this independent company, as it were. And he and literally people will say, that's a genius idea. That is a genius idea. And let me tell you that God is God isn't just genius. God, you know, it's like. He, he's beyond anything that we could ever imagine. He knows everything. And I feel like God's saying, I've got so many ideas just waiting for people to take them, to run with them, and to literally bring them into a place where they start to fulfill so much more of the commissioned mandate that I have for them. And part of that is actually partnering with the Great Commission to see a billion soul harvest come in. And obviously it takes money. So The, the problem is, Daryl, the body of Christ has assumed the only people with the right to reimagine the world are the ones the devil put in power. Mm-hmm. We're confused. Because the source of their wisdom is inferior. Yes. And the source of our wisdom is superior. Her name is wisdom. She's a spirit yes. of God. It's just profound to me how stagnated the body of Christ has been by our belief systems of how the world should work and how we should respond to God. You know, some some Christians, Daryl, think that their best response to God is the faithful, pew-warming act of religion they perform once a week Uh where they sit down somewhere that's not their couch. And I say, boo. I say, you know, (laughs) that is incomplete thinking. Not that church is a bad thing. What what I'm saying is stewarding the kingdom of God as a realm into the earth requires a lifestyle response that produces fruit that transforms Uh things and systems, people and nations. Exactly. You know... I, I, w- I was on a, a series early part of this year at, at the Fireplace Church called The Office of the Judge, Daryl. Mm-hmm. And you, you know what God used judges to do in the book of Judges? You tell me. <laughs> um, he, he used them to deliver the children of God by mm-hmm. enforcing the determinations of God politically. Yep. By enforcing the determinations of God geographically, 
by releasing people from slavery and bondage. And the body of Christ has been traded into a posture of bondage in this day and hour, Daryl. And I yes, believe that God is raising up judges that are going to change uh -huh. that. They don't necessarily need okay. to sit with a physical gavel in a political role of judge to do it. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's awesome. That's totally where we are. The administration of the authority of heaven to see, it's, liter it's literally like he's showing us our perspective and uh, sorry, showing us things from his perspective and showing us just how much authority we carry and what we're able to do. And this is what I was saying about the spiritual being in a place of being able to spiritually assess actually where you're at is because the more we spiritually assess where we're at, the easier it is for us to be able to partner with God in the process that he's got us on to make us bigger people, to make us stronger. And to literally, we grow in a place of being able to administrate that authority of the kingdom of God. And I feel like that's one of the things that we've been, I feel like that's one of the things that God's been bringing us into. The same, same as you're just saying, Daniel, is this thing of where it's like, who's occupying the seat of government right now in the spirit realm? Who's occupying it? And we're like, yeah, the church is occupying. That's not. The church isn't occupying it. Like, there's, the church is occupying in some places. Mm. But most people, like you say, I said this this weekend, the same thing about this sitting on the church. Who loves to come to church? And I was like, yeah, I love to come to church. And who doesn't? I love being, being at church. Mm -hmm. But this whole concept, I don't go to church to sit on a, to sit on a, a pew or sit on a seat to hear a good message and then leave. I don't do that. I go there to get equipped. Chris Fallison mm. calls the church a Holy Spirit terrorist training camp. That's, that's right. what that's what the Chris Fallison says. That's exactly what it should be. I should go there to feel empowered. And 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 there was an incredible minister, I won't name him, but he said this recently. He said, too many people in the church go into the church and they say, oh, I don't feel love in the church. I don't feel that love. I don't feel loved. And the Lord spoke, uh, and, and sorry, the Lord spoke to him, and he started to study things out with regards to feeling loved. And he said this: He said, if you go into a church and you feel incredible love in the church, and you're like, wow, this is wow, there's just so much love. This is where I want to be. I feel so loved. I feel so loved in this church. He said, that the church that you're going to is actually established in a non-biblical model. He said that if you feel loved, you feel like, I just feel so loved there. He said that a pastor is actually running the church. He said, if you go into a church and you feel empowered and you feel like you are literally going to, you're just going to explode because you've got so much to do. He said, that's the sign of an apostle running the church or an apostle or the church being founded specifically in an apostolic prophetic grounding. And I just found that so fascinating. Now, do I believe that in its entirety? Probably not. You know, I believe that, you know, that we should feel love from the church. You know, it says, you, you know, that they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. There should be a manifestation of the realm of love and peace mm -hmm. in every church building. But what I found really interesting was it goes from a thing of where I feel loved. So I feel loved in this capacity. So it's all about me. I need to feel love to, oh, gosh, I feel empowered. And when you're empowered, it's all about other people. Mm -hmm. And that's so interesting because you're empowered to go and change the world. And that's all about others. Whereas the first thing is all about me. So interesting. <laughs> well, Daryl, is there anything else you want to say? <laughs> no, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I think, I think uh, no, I, I don't have any other 
any other particular topics. But I will, I will just say one thing, and this is the la- this is the last thing kind of I just felt for the listeners today. Felt for the listeners specifically. I felt like him say it's time to shake off the dust and move into a new season. I felt like him say for people it's time to shake off the dust and move into a new season. And I felt like the Lord speak to me about particular people that were listening today. And I hope this is okay, Daniel, but I just want to speak directly to some of the people that are listening with regards to their specific circumstance. I felt, felt the Lord say that some of you, some of the people listening today, he is actually, some weird things are going to start to happen because he's actually going to bring you into a place where you feel more uncomfortable because he's unpegging you to enlarge you in this season. And I felt like that was it. And I felt like him say, it's going to start by me, by me changing their environment. And I saw people sitting on a sofa. I saw someone sitting on a like a, a tanned lazy boy chair in front of the in front of a TV. And I saw just it was quite dusty. And you know, I'm not saying that that was. I just felt like it represented something. But this is what's so interesting. The Lord spoke to me, and He said, "I'm going to ask people to change the furniture around in their houses." That's the first sign. And I was like, what, "What? What does that mean?" And He said because they need to understand that they're actually stepping into a new season and it doesn't look like the old season. And so I just want to encourage you, first of all, I feel like there are people, if you've started to feel, oh, I really need to change my bedroom around, I really need to change my living room, the, the formation of my living room around, or or, or your, whatever area it is, I feel like that's actually a sign. I feel like it's a sign that you're about to transition and move into a, a new thing that God wants to release you into. But let me encourage you in this. And let me give you a little bit of a warning. I don't believe that God is bringing people into many things at the moment that don't feel uncomfortable. I feel like most of the stuff that God is bringing us into is is so big. And it literally, there's a movie called, um, I don't always quote from movies, but there's a movie called Night at the Museum. And ben St- and, and um, Robin Williams is Theodore Roosevelt. And he says to Ben Stiller, he said, sometimes greatness is thrust upon a man. And I feel like that's what he's doing at the moment. I feel like God is saying, actually, I'm going to thrust greatness upon my people it says in the book of uh, um, psalms and the book of samuel too so it says that that you have stooped down to make me great and i feel like that's what god is doing in this hour that he's literally starting to awaken us into something new it says it it in the book of um, isaiah it says shake off the dust and arise shake off the dust and arise and i feel like that's what the lord is saying i'm literally stirring people to arise in this next season because things are going to look a whole lot different whether it's a business whether it's uh, i don't know what it is for you specifically but i feel like god is saying time is up right now and i feel like some people even just listening at the moment some people you actually you actually been physical sickness has actually rendered you inoperative that you've literally been on so many so many medications i feel like someone's had a flooding of uh, a water inflammation through their legs and you just can't move and i feel like mobility has been a real restriction i felt the lord speak to me and he said that this is actually an assignment and that my people are, go- are going to come into a new level of mobility and for those people specifically i really feel like you're going to start to experience even when we're talking right now we're just just releasing just a level not just a level of level of healing for you now but a level of wisdom so that you can know what to appropriate in your world in order to see a physical manifestation of breakthrough come in because i really feel like it's a whole we, we, it, god's teaching us a, a holistic uh, look at everything physical as uh, spiritual and emotional so brilliant folks my friend daryl crawford marshall brother outstanding outstanding job i so appreciate you and um 
With that said, folks, we're done for today. That was the final word. God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www.bridemovement.com.